May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Man, does that describe men or what? That's right. Oh my. Uh, hey, welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I'm so, so glad that you're here today. Um, now, this week, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States issued a landmark decision <clears throat> that opens the way for gay marriages to be permissible in all 50 states in our country. And I, I want to take a moment to help us think about that in the right context. And the truth is, it actually leads into our discussion uh, today about husbands. So let's be clear, okay? The practice of homosexuality is a sin. And you know, look, you can do whatever, people can do whatever kind of interpretive gymnastics they want to, but the Bible is clear that practicing homosexuality is a sin, okay? But there's another thing that the Bible is also very clear about, and that is this, is that Christ's followers are to love sinners because all of us are sinners, and those that are Christ's followers are sinners, but we have been saved by the grace that has been freely bestowed on us by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so who are we to ostracize people. Instead, we should love them and accept them. In fact, Jesus himself was called a friend of sinners many times in the Bible. And the truth is, that was, a, in Jesus' day, that was a derogatory statement. But I personally think that Jesus was proud of that title because it meant that he was doing what his heavenly father wanted him to do that he was reaching out to people who were far from God because the Bible also says that Jesus came not for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. Okay, so what does all of that mean for us? How should we respond and approach, to the, approach this issue? Well, let me just, let me sum it up in, in one sentence and pardon me if this is just a little bit cliche, but hate the sin, love the sinner. Hate the sin. Love the sinner, because here's the thing, that's exactly what God did for each one of us. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did while he was here on this earth. And so the biblical response to homosexuality is that we do not compromise on the clarity of the Bible that homosexuality is sin. But neither do we compromise on the clarity of the Bible that we are to love people who are homosexual. Just like we love people who are greedy, or who are liars, or who are selfish. That is the biblical response. And here's the thing, with so much, with so much sexual identity confusion in our culture today, it becomes even more important that men, Christ followers, but Christ following men correctly portray who God is in their lives, and how God wants them to act and react in this world. Because here's the thing, our kids need role models that they can point to that says, that's what a real man is like. Grandkids need to be able to point to somebody who is a role model for them that says, that is what a real man is like. I'm telling you, this generation Honestly, more than any other generation since the founding of our country 
needs men to rise up to become men who will love God, follow God, obey God, and do so with all of their hearts. Because this generation is crying out for someone to say, what does it take to be a man? And, and, it, and this, the confusion that our culture has has led to so much sexual identity confusion. And so it's up to Christ followers, especially Christian men, to say, you know what? I know what a real man looks like because I follow a God who created me in his image. And let me show you what that looks like by how I live so that there is no confusion. That is what we need in our country. And so that brings us to our message today, okay? So what are God's big truths that change husbands? Now, here's the thing. We talked about God's truths that change dads last week. And so if you missed it, man, please go and watch it. And don't, don't just go listen to it, go watch it because you need to see the illustration that was used last week. So if you miss it, go do that. So today we're going to talk about the role of men as husbands. So let's just say that, that this mirror represents you. Let's just say that this mirror represents you. The Bible is very clear that each of us, men and women, we were created in God's image. And part of our role here in this world is that we are to reflect God's image to our world, to our culture, to our families, to anyone who would look at our lives. And when we don't accurately reflect God's image, the truth is we need to take a look in the mirror. And we need to start with us. You know, like, that great theologian Michael Jackson said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Like, I'm asking him to make a change. That's too bad MJ didn't take his own advice, but you know what, that's beside the point. The point is, is that if we find ourselves not matching up, then look, we need to not point fingers at others, we need to look at ourselves and say, okay God, what do I need to change? Please, start with me. That's what it takes. Um, and here's the thing, although I'm primarily talking to husbands today, here's the deal. If you're an unmarried guy and you begin to put into practice the things that we're going to talk about today, I'm telling you, if you do get married, you will be a much better husband. You'll be much better. And you'll be a much more attractive person to date as well. Let me just say that for you. Kind of load your gun for you and make things better for you. So, um, and here's the thing, ladies. Um, the things we're going to talk about today, there are components of today that you can put into practice in your life. And I'll also say this, ladies, if you find your husband doing some of the things that we're talking about today, don't say something like, well, about time you listened in church. No, don't, 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 don't go there. Instead, instead, encourage him. Because I'm telling you, a few encouraging words from you can go a long, long way. Let me also say this. Young women who are not married, or you know, maybe if you find yourself in a place in life where you're, you are not married, the things that we're going to talk about today are the things that you need to be looking for in a future spouse. So I'm telling you, for you, today is incredibly, incredibly important. So that said, what are God's big truths that change husbands? Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, it's where we're going to be today. This, uh, we're going to pull apart this scripture today. 
The Bible says this. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. It says, verse 21, submit to one another. I want you to underline those four words. They are key to everything we're going to talk about today. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present him, her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now, I had you underline those first four words because they are the key to understanding this entire passage of Scripture. Okay? The key, and this is your feeling, the key to understanding this passage of Scripture is the idea of mutual submission. Okay? It's the idea of mutual submission. And what do I mean by that? I mean that, and we've talked about this before, that the husband is supposed to submit to the wife and the wife is supposed to submit to the husband. And so they both make sacrifices for one another. And so the conversation simply ought to go something like, you know, well, you know what? Hey, you know what? I, I agree with you. Let's, actually, let's do it your way. And it was like, no, no, no. You brought some really good points. I, honestly, I think we ought to do it, you know, your way. And so people are mutually submitting and making sacrifices for one another. And, and so that's the idea of mutual submission. Now, Everything that comes after these words that I just had you underline, you know, where it says submit to one another, everything that comes after that is the explanation of how husbands and wives are to submit to one another. And God talks to the wives first, and then he talks to the husbands. Now, the problem is, is that husbands want to focus on what God says to the wives, and wives want to focus on what God says to the husbands, okay? But you can't do that. It doesn't go very well, okay? Look at, look at the part um, in verse 22. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, okay? Now, that part, I want you to notice, after the word wives, there's a what? A comma. There's a comma, okay? What that means is that this was written to the ladies. Guys, this was not written to you. So quit quoting it and quit referring to it, okay? Because it wasn't written to you. It was written to the girls. And look, they can read. So let them read it, okay? And, and by, you know what, look, guys, and by the way, whenever you say, you know, well, honey, the Bible says that you're supposed to spend, how do those conversations generally go? Like, how's that working for you? Right, the reason that doesn't go very well is because that wasn't written to you. So stop it! I know, some ladies down the front are like, amen, yes, okay. And so today, we're going to talk about what God says to the guys. And look, now ladies, hey, here's the deal, same thing applies, okay? Like when we get to the parts about the guys, that part's not written to you. So don't go find your husband's Bible and start highlighting that little section, and like leave it open by his nightstand, okay? Don't do that, okay? All right. Now that we've gotten all that out of the way, let's start talking about what God says to husbands. And look, and believe me, I'm telling you, this is just as weighty for me as it is for anybody listening today. 
Because if I'm gonna do my part in mutually submitting to my wife, and if I'm going to accurately reflect the image of God to my family and to the world, then according to this passage, I need to do four things. And here's the first thing that I need to do. Number one, this is your main fill-in here. I need to sacrifice first. I need to sacrifice first. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm sorry, I almost lost my place there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 25, it says this, this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and I want you to underline the rest of this, gave himself up for her. Now, let me ask you this. Who made the sacrifice first? Did Christ make the sacrifice first for the church, or did the church make the sacrifice first for Christ? Yeah, it was Christ who made the sacrifice first for the church by dying on a cross. Because without Jesus dying on the cross, there is no church, right? Church doesn't even happen. So Christ is the one that made the sacrifice first. And so men, in the same way, you have to be willing to sacrifice first in your relationship. I mean, come on. Look, if the two of you are going to be mutually submissive, somebody's got to go first. And guys, that somebody is you. So look, here's the thing. You know, when there's dishes in the sink and the two of you have been like walking by, not looking at it because like, you know, if you look, you're like, now you're obligated, right? And so that means guys, you walk over there and you make the sacrifice first, you start doing the dishes, okay? When it's cold outside or if it's raining outside and somebody's got to take the dog out, guys, that's you. If both of your cars are so old that they need to be replaced, I know this hurts. (laughs) Guys, that means that we replace her car first because we sacrifice for her. I'm telling you. Bottom line When someone in the relationship needs to sacrifice, guys, we gotta lead the way. And I promise you, I am talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anyone here because here's the thing, if I'm gonna be the kind of guy that reflects the image of God with my life, then I need to do what Jesus did. I need to be the first one to sacrifice. I need to be the first one to sacrifice. And when, guys, when we do, we reflect the image of God. We reflect the image of God to our wives. We reflect the image of God to our sons who are watching us and I can promise you one day will imitate how we act and imitate what we say. We, we reflect the image of God to our daughters who hopefully when some, when she's dating some guy and he's this self-absorbed individual, the hope is that she would be repulsed by that because she has been so enamored with you and the example that you set that she doesn't want to be around somebody who's like that. She wants to be around somebody who's willing to make sacrifices for her. I'm telling you, there is a lot riding on this. This is a big deal. So we got to sacrifice first.
Here's the second thing that we need to do. We need to apologize first. That's a Z. My little marker's not working. We need to apologize first. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, beginning verse 26. It says this. It says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word. Okay, look, now don't get hung up there. That's just a reference to baptism according to what the word, according to what the Bible says, okay? But focus on verse 27. It says, and to present her to himself as a radiant church. And remember, the church is not a building, it's, it's people. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now, the point of the second part of this passage is that there is, there's nothing that divides Christ and the church, okay? They're unified. There's nothing that divides them. Now, what is it that divides you from Christ? Yeah, it's sin, right? Sin divides us from Christ, but Jesus died so that his death could pay the price for our sins so that there would be nothing that would divide us any longer so that we could have a close relationship with God and with Christ. Now, let me ask this. What divides husbands and wives? Arguments, disagreements, events that pit one against the other, miscommunication, misunderstanding. I mean, there's a lot of things that divide husbands and wives, but... Watch this, guys. Jesus was the first one to make a move to, take, to remove what divides us from him. Look what the Bible says in Romans 5.8. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So look, Christ made the first move to reconcile us back to him. In the same way, guys, if we are going to reflect the image of God in our lives, then we have to make the first move to reconcile our relationship with our wives. And that means we have to apologize first. And I know, like, that is super hard for us guys, isn't it? Because we never want to admit that we're wrong. I mean, I know I don't. We never want to admit we're wrong. We never want to admit that it's our fault. And we never want to admit that it's even partially our fault or even a little bit our fault. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Blame doesn't matter. What matters is reconciling the relationship. And here's the thing. Somebody's got to go first. And so, guys, if we want to reflect the image of Christ, then we need to do what he did and go first. I'll tell you, this, this one thing is probably the single best thing I've ever done in my own personal marriage with my wife, Amy. Um, I remember, man, I remember one time when we first got married, oh, we got into an argument. I, I mean, I don't even remember what it was about, and it doesn't really matter, but I'm telling you, we were both fuming mad. I mean, she was at one end of the house, I was at the other house, I, other end of the house, I was in the kitchen. I mean, I was just, I, was, I mean, I was rehearsing my next speech in my mind. I, mean, I was fuming mad, really upset. And I remember, I, honestly, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? She's going to have to apologize first for this. 
And as soon as I thought that, I'm telling you, and the Holy Spirit just touched my, my, my heart, my mind, and said, well, why don't you apologize first? And I was like, because it's her fault. <clears throat> and then I realized that's not very Jesus-like. So, and so you know what? After I kind of sat under that for a little bit, I went and I found her, and I apologized first. And you know what that did? That opened up the way, and it opened up her heart so that we could be reconciled, so we could basically kiss and make up. That's how it went down. I, I'm, I'm telling you, and you can ask Amy, like in our relationship, like I'm generally the one that apologizes first. Now, that's mostly because I'm the one to blame, but I, I mean, really, in our relationship, I apologize first. And when, when I do, I reflect the image of Jesus. Not because Jesus has to apologize for anything. Jesus never did anything wrong. So he has nothing to apologize for. But I reflect the image of Jesus because I am the first one to make a move toward reconciliation. And that's what Jesus did for us. He was the first one to make a move towards reconciliation. So guys, we have to lead the way. So two questions. Here's the first. Guys, would you be willing to make a commitment right now that you will be the first to apologize? Would you be willing to make a commitment right now here in church that you would be willing to be the one to make the first move towards reconciliation and apologize first? Would you do it? Second question is this, is have you ever asked Jesus Christ to forgive you? of everything you've ever done. Because if you haven't, you're not a Christ follower yet. Because remember, it's our sin that divides us from Christ. And that started with Adam and Eve in the garden, and it has continued with you when you first sinned against God. But here's the thing. Jesus died so that he could remove all of that sin so you could be reconciled and have a relationship with God here on this earth and go to heaven when you die. So let me ask you again. Has there ever come a time in your life when you have asked Jesus to forgive you for everything? And then implicit in that is the expectation that you would follow him from that point forward. Have you ever done that before? If you haven't, I'm going to give you a chance when we get to the end of the message today. Okay? But let's continue on. Number three. Third thing I need to do is this. I need to love her first. I need to love her first. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, verse 28. In this same way, hus husbands ought to love their wives. I want you to underline, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Guys, let me ask you a question. Is your wife secure in your love for her? Is she absolutely convinced that you love her more than anyone else or more than anything else? Is she absolutely convinced? See, here's the mystery of Christian marriage. And by the way, I'm about to save you thousands of dollars of marital counseling, okay? So, like, listen up. <laughs> if your wife is secure in your love for her, then she's free free to express her love back to you. 
okay? If your wife is secure in your love for her, then she's free to express her love back to you. But if she is not secure in her love for you, then she has doubt and she has, and she's in, she has instability and she has insecurity. And by the way, that does not go very well for her, which in turn does not go very well for you. It's true. And so whatever it takes to help her become more secure in your love for her, man, that's what you need to do. And you gotta be the one that goes first, okay? Look, just as Christ expressed his love first for the church by being willing to die on a cross, so you have to be willing to express your love first to your spouse. So here's a question you ought to ask your wife. You ought to ask, um, give me a percentage on how secure you are in my love for you. See, it's not, it's not really a yes or no question, but it's really a question of degrees. So, you know, to what degree are you secure in my love for you? Like, like 100% secure, like 90% secure, 75% secure, like 50% secure, like 10% secure. Uh, I, I mean, you need to know. And, and you need to find out. So, look, don't assume that she's okay. And don't assume that she already knows that I love you. And so, I'll need, no, no, no. She might know that, but to what degree is she secure in that. That is where you'll really make progress. And here's the thing, if she's not 100% secure, get this, you need to take a look in the mirror and you need to make some changes because that's what you need to strive for because that accurately reflects the image of Christ from you to her. And, and here's the thing, I wish, guys, I wish I, could, I wish I could give you a bunch of specific things that you just need to go do and that, that'll fix it all, but here's the thing, I can't because every marriage is different, every relationship is different, every person expresses and receives love differently, so whatever I would tell you, would, you know, might not be effective anyway, so you need to just go have that conversation with your spouse. And here's the hard truth, guys. If you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't love her like I used to. The reason that might be true is because you did not do what it took to tend that love along the way. But you can fix it. And the way you fix it is you begin to act lovingly toward your spouse. And over time, if you act lovingly toward your spouse, you know what will happen? The feelings will return for you. And the feelings will return for her. Now look, you didn't get where you are overnight. You're not going to get out of it overnight. But here's the thing. You can get back to it much quicker than you got out of it. But you have to do some things to tend that love. And you need to start acting lovingly. And then let the feelings return. And you do that by choosing to love her first, before she does anything for you. All right, 
Number four, and the reason why we have four is because, guys, I think this is about all we can take, right? Um, <clears throat> so here we are. Number four, I need to direct my family first. I need to direct my family first. Now, let's go back and pick up verse 23. It says this, for the husband's the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. So guys, the Bible says, you are the head of your household. Okay, now look, that doesn't mean like you rule and what you say goes. Remember, mutual submission. Like, remember, that's how we started this whole talk today, okay? But here's the deal. You do have the added responsibility in providing direction for your family. And one of those key arenas which you have to provide direction is the arena of spirituality. So look, it's up to you to make sure that your family's involved at church. It is up to you to make sure that you initiate spiritual conversations like, you know, you know hey, what did God show you at church t- this week? You need to be the one that leads the way in praying for your kids or praying with your wife. You need to be the one that leads the way in helping your family share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who do not know. And there's a great way to do that this week. This Saturday is July 4th. And um, in our community, there are three major fireworks shows. There's one at Katie Mills Mall. There's one at Los Terra, you know, right at Sinker Ranch High School. And then there's one in downtown Fulcher. So here's what we're going to do. We have over 12,000 red, white, and blue glow necklaces. And we're going to give you and your family a chance to pass those out for free at any of those fireworks shows. And so what you do is, and, and with that is also a little card that's an invitation to come to church at the park. So what you would do is you would take that little glow necklace with the card and say, hey, I want to give this to you for free and love to invite you to come to church this next weekend. And then just move on. It's a very easy, unintrusive way to do it. And it's an easy way for your kids to learn and see how to just, you know, invite people to come to church. And it's so non-threatening because you're giving them something that they already want, and you're giving it to them for free. So it's a great, and we've done it before. And I'm telling you, we've had people that have come to the park because they first heard about us with a glow necklace at a fireworks show. I mean, how cool is that, right? All right. Ladies, let me ask you this. If you were married to a guy who sacrificed first, apologized first, loved you first, and directed your family first. Would that be an awesome marriage? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some hopeful clapping. Okay, good. Um, but I've got good news for you. I've got, I've got some good news for you, okay? Every guy listening to me can be this guy. Every guy can be this guy. And so men, It is just a choice of, do I want to do what it takes to accurately reflect the image of God? Because when I do, these are the things that are going to come out. These are the things that I'm going to reflect with my life. And when I do, not only do I cultivate the seeds of a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship, but I provide clear direction 
for my son, for my daughter, for this next generation, for our culture about what a true man of God is supposed to look like. That there's no longer any confusion, there's no longer any misconceptions, there, and it won't lead to all, that, all this sexual confusion that we have in our culture nowadays. I'm telling you, it would be so clear because God has made it clear because he is making his appeal through us as men. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm telling you, it's what our nation needs. And more than that, it's what our sons need. And it's what our daughters need. And they're looking to us. So, let's take some steps to making that a reality. Find your connection card. Let's take some of those next steps right now. Perhaps for you, it's this first one. God, I'm asking you to help me become mutually submissive in my marriage. And ladies, you can check this too. This is for you as well. Number two, show me how I can sacrifice for my spouse. Again, ladies, that's for you. Now, number three, this is for the men. God, I'm asking you to help me to be the one who apologizes first. Would you do that? Number four. Show me what to do to help my wife be secure in my love for her. And maybe that for you, that's just starting with a conversation. Number five, God, I'm asking you to come into my life for the first time, to forgive my sins as I commit to follow you. So if you've never become a Christ follower, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, this is the step for you. And I want to give you, I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer it's at the bottom of your message. So I'm going to give you a chance to pray that sample prayer to become a Christ follower in just a second. Number six, I will write these four things on my mirror or someplace similar until they're a part of my life. Guys, would you do that? Would you just write these four things on your mirror until they're a part of your life? Number seven, sign me up to pass out glow necklaces and invites to church at, and I want you to circle where you're going to go, Katie Mills, Lawson Terra, or Fulcher. Uh, and then what we'll do is we'll email you that information later this week. So make sure your info's on the front of the card. But by the way, if you're not going to one of those fireworks shows, but maybe you're going to do something in your neighborhood, that's totally cool. We actually have tubes of glow necklaces and church invites. You can take one of those on your way out today and pass them out at whatever fireworks show that you're going to. It, but if you're going to one of these three, you don't need to take anything. We will have them there for you. Okay. All right. Number eight. I will come tonight to the summer small group or whenever my group meets this week. This is installment number two of our summer small groups tonight at this campus. Uh, and Pastor Ryan is going to give you some details about that and just saying, so if you're not signed up, this is the way to do it. I'm going to give you a chance to pray. So bow your head, close your eyes, take these next moments to pray for yourself. And then I'll close this in a moment. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you <clears throat> for the clarity that you give us about who we're to be as men, and that you would help us as Christ followers to be clear about what we need to do to reflect your image in a culture that is just so terribly confused about what a real man is. 
and that it's not just some machismo individual, but it's someone who sacrifices first and apologizes first and loves first and directs first. And you would help us to be those kinds of people that reflect your image to a world who's lost without you. And I ask that you would bring us back next week so that we can hear more about what you want to say to us and ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.